0: This morning's passage is out of the book of 1st John. I'm going back into 1st John. Chapter 4, verses 7 through 16 is what we will be reading. Is that what the order of worship says? Yes. Yes. So please stand for God's the reading of God's word. Beloved, let us love one another. to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him, and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. Our Father in heaven, we ask now that you would bless us, that your Son's name might be made great. May you accomplish your purpose in and through us. May you speak to us through your words. And may you give us ears to hear with, eyes to see with, and hearts to believe with, that we might be doers of your word. For your glory we pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. 1970 the book Love Story was written and the movie with the same title was also made. And there's a famous tagline from the movie and it is this Love means never having to say you're sorry Love means never having to say you're sorry Is that true? Is that true? This first Sunday of Advent, I thought the theme of love is a perfect theme. And actually, providentially, God did because um, this this was where we would be if I was continuing through the book of 1 John as I started since um, I've been filling in when we haven't had Pulpit Supply. So this morning's exhortation is, is uh, an Advent-themed message out of the book 1 John. And as I said in the beginning, um, Advent is the time of season when we look back to the Incarnation, and we live now in response to the Incarnation, and we look forward to the hope of the Incarnation. We look back to the Incarnation, and that is the birth of Jesus, our Savior, and we live now according and response to the Incarnation, how we are supposed to live, and we look forward to the hope of the Incarnation, that is uh, glorification, and our uh, eternal hope uh, in, in God, uh, in the new creation when God makes all things right and restores all things. And so this morning, the main idea here is that John here identifies both the source and definition of love, the source and the definition of love, as God himself. God's love is most supremely expressed in the sending of the Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin, so that we might live eternally through him. That, those are the words of Karen Jobes in her commentary on uh, the book of 1st John. And uh, yes, that's a woman author. And yes, uh, I believe it's thoroughly orthodox for men to, to, to read women authors. And uh, there are women scholars, so don't be scandalized by that. Um, but that would be another uh, sermon about uh, what does that mean, that women should learn in silence in, uh, in uh, Paul's letters. But uh, that is not this morning's message. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I was blessed to read uh, by recommendation of um, our dear friend Trevor Allen that he said Karen Jobes has a solid uh, uh, commentary on the Gospel of John, and I concur with him. It is great. And, and among others, I, li- I read uh, Smalley and uh, Yarborough and uh, one other, I can't think of their name, uh, a couple others, but uh, that's for free. Let's get into the message Let's go. here. <laughs> keep going <laughs> um, so here we see continuing through the, the book of 1st John uh, John has been dealing with false apostles who have come in and scandalized the church uh, to whom he is writing to and uh, And uh, he is coming with apostolic authority and setting them straight and he's telling them uh, the message that he received from Jesus and he has established his authority as an apostle because he saw Jesus he touched him and he was taught by Jesus and so he's come to set them straight and uh, right before this he taught he spoke about uh, false spirits that would come and not to believe them and uh, he was saying that uh, the way you test the spirits is by those who, say, who deny that Jesus came in the flesh. Apparently uh, in that day uh, there wasn't a problem with believing in the deity of Jesus. the problem they had to be- they had a problem with believing in the Incarnation, that he was actually true man. Uh, the Bible teaches that Jesus is true man, and true God. Alright? And so, there were heretics coming in and saying that he just seemed like a man. They, they don't know exactly because John doesn't actually identify exactly what the heresy is. But you can, uh, by inference, by you can deduce that they were teaching that Jesus did not come in the flesh. And so Jesus is telling them, no, Jesus came in the flesh. We handled his flesh. That Jesus is true man, but also, he is true God. He he is a true man and true God. And so, after he instructs them uh, not to uh, believe false spirits, he tells them, though, to love one another. Beloved, verse 7, Let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love so he commands us here um, to love one another to love because those who are born of god love and so this begs the question or gives rise to the question of what exactly is love right it seems that the author of love story now that he just wrote that to uh i'd heard he was a Harvard professor, and he wanted to show the class of it's formulaic in writing a best-selling novel. And so he wrote an, uh, Love Story. And so that that tagline is actually uh, uh, ridiculed throughout. It's referenced and ridiculed quite a bit. Uh, but he said, "Love means having to say never having to. Love means never having to say you're sorry," which, which is not true at all which is not true at all. But here we see the definition of what true love is. And and God defines love in a person. And that person is Jesus. We see what love is in Jesus. And we see also uh, the love of the Father uh, sending Jesus for us. And in this day and age, this message is very important because it's very popular to redefine what love is. Uh, you hear very the culture says all the time, "Love is love." And um, if you have Facebook friends like my, some of mine, you see their uh, on their uh, what is it? Just what their their page? It said you know they have "Love is love," meaning that it doesn't matter who you love or what love is, whatever what you know. Just as long as you love, it's okay. And, and what they're doing is they're actually redefining love. Uh, we see here it, uh, in verse 8, it says that God is love. All right? It doesn't say love is God, it says God is love. And what we see is that one of the attributes of God is love. All right? It's not the only attribute though, and it's not his highest attribute. But it is one of his attributes. It's, one, it's, one of, uh, it, it's part of his essence. It's part of the stuff he is made out of, and it's love. But he's also holy. Uh, he's also righteous. He's also just. Uh, he's also wisdom. So we can't confuse and set one attribute against the other. We can't set the love of God against the holiness of God. The holiness of God is refers to he's perfectly moral. There's no sin in him. And so we cannot set His love against His holiness and His holiness, because He is holy, demands that we are perfectly holy, meaning that there's no sin in us, meaning that there is no want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God in our character, who we are morally, because that's who God is morally. So because we cannot set these attributes against one another, in His love, He redeemed us. He created the plan to save us, to rescue us, that we might dwell with Him eternally. And that plan was to send His Son, Jesus, the one He loved eternally. In the wisdom of, you know, uh, the beauty of the Trinity is that it enables God to be love. If God were just a singularity, like in Islam, He could not exist as love eternally because there was nothing to love before creation. But within the Trinity, there's a loving relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And so his plan to redeem his creation was to send his unique son, his only begotten son, to redeem us. And here in verse 9 he defines love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. In God's love, we have Advent. We have the incarnation where Jesus came and became a baby so that He might do what we could not do and that was to fulfill God's law, to obey God perfectly, to fulfill the covenant that He had made with Israel fulfill the covenant uh, to fulfill and to do what Adam couldn't do and that is to obey God perfectly and he did that and the motivation was love and because of that he says in verse 11 beloved if God so loved us we also ought to love one another no one has ever seen God. If we want love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. People cannot see God, but they see us. They see us because of what God has done for us. That's why we love one another. There's a lot of one anothering in the Bible here, and and and. Uh, this is a big one. We're to love one another, and 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 yes, we're to love our neighbor as ourselves, absolutely. But this is speaking in the body of Christ. Like we, that's what we are supposed to do is love one another, and the reason why is because that's how God loved us. self sacrificially, and so um, we see here that love is love is defined and expressed by. Meeting the needs of others, okay. And uh, in Luke ten, twenty-five through twenty-seven, is the uh, par- the uh, parable of the good Samaritan. All right, and there we see that we see uh, the picture of what love does. Love meets the needs of others when you encounter them. Uh, we're to act with redemptive love towards others, and it means that we need to forgive those who need our forgiveness, just as God forgave us in Christ. And it may mean, in an extreme circumstance, to give our life that others may live. That's how uh, we demonstrate that we are God's children: is that we love as He loved. Uh, and of course, the uh, that's the positive example. And the negative example would be the uh, parable of the unjust steward, who was forgiven a, a debt so great. That he could never pay, and then when he went and found someone who owed him 25 cents, he threw him in prison. All right, we're not to behave that way. All right? If we've been forgiven much, we need to love much and forgive others. And and actually, we're we're told uh, in Colossians that we must forgive others. It's not an option as Christians. You know, we don't just decide. Uh, you know, I'll get to it. No, we. We actually have to. We ha- You can't get out of it. Um, you have to do it. And and so um, that requires dying to self. And that's actually painful. It's actually painful. Um, and uh, sometimes there are circumstances where people don't ask for your forgiveness. And under that time you, you can't forgive them, but yet you must be ready to forgive. You must be ready to forgive. Because when you don't forgive people, you leave them in prison. They're imprisoned by that, that debt they think they owe you. But since all our debts have been forgiven in Christ, that's why we're to, required and uh, to forgive as He forgave us. Verse 12, uh, excuse me, verse 13. By this we, we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given of us His Spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and He in God. We're to continue in the same profession of Christ. And the confession of Christ is how we are, we know we're children of God, and how we become children of And that we agree with God that the Gospel is true. That His Son is the only remedy to save us. It's the only way we become children of God. And we know that He abides in us because He has given us His Spirit. Uh, Romans 5, 5, Paul echoes the same words. He says, God has poured out His Spirit in our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. The Spirit teaches us the truth about God sending His Son Jesus into the world and knowing this gives us insurance. The Spirit confirms in our hearts that the message is true. Um, God regenerates us. That's what it means to be born again. Is that we need a new Spirit. And indeed, if you did not have the Spirit of God in you, you wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe. That, that That is what the difference is between Why you and I respond to the message because the Spirit's in us and we go, yeah, that's true. I believe that. I believe that. So we have come to know Him and to believe that the love of, that the love that God has for us, God is love and whoever abides in God and Excuse me. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God in him. So we can we have the hope that God is with us. He is in us. We abide in him and he abides in us. And his promise that everything is going to be okay is true. And it's our blessing. And so this Advent season Remember, that's the message of Advent. And it's kind of funny because it's our tradition, we give gifts, right? We give gifts. And if you think about it, the reason we give gifts is in response to God's love for us, the gift of His Son. But as Christians, we know that, yeah, we love because He first loved us. We in turn love like Him and we give gifts. And the true gift is the message of the gospel this Advent season. So my conclusion was this. When the Simpsons watched a love story, little Lisa Simpson exclaimed when she heard, love means having to never say you're sorry, she wrote, no it doesn't. She said, no it doesn't, meaning that love does mean you say sorry. A lot. Uh It means you say sorry a lot. And it also means when someone says sorry, you say, I forgive you. Because Christ forgave me. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for Jesus, our Savior. We thank you, Jesus, for your life, death, and resurrection. We thank you that. All the promises of God are yes and an amen in you. We ask now that you would bless us, that we might live for your glory and share this gospel message to the lost one that you would redeem your lost sheep. We ask these things in Jesus' name.